Hi, and welcome to the Lonely Triathlete Podcast. I'm Todd Sauter, the Lonely Triathlete, and this is part two of my Swimming Stories series. Now, if you listened to the last podcast, you would have heard about some of my early experiences with swimming, and I promise that in this episode, you're going to hear me talk about times when I could have died. That's right, times, because as I was preparing this episode, I recalled yet another story about a close call I had with death while in the water. So lucky you, you get to hear me relive a couple of terrifying tales from my life. Right now, you'd think from listening to the last episode and this one that I am either a terrible swimmer or at least very reckless with my life. The reality is I'm actually a pretty strong swimmer, always was a pretty strong swimmer. But I was young and inexperienced and probably much more of a risk taker in my 20s. And these days, while I do appreciate a good adrenaline rush, I carefully weigh the cost and potential risks of things that I do now. You know what you can call it? Just call it getting wiser in my older age. All right, let's go on to the first of three swimming stories. So... Back in my 20s, we had a group of friends that wanted to go camping. And in order to get to the campsite, we decided to take canoes down the Thompson River in British Columbia. This is a, at times, mostly slow-moving river. But every once in a while, it it picks up. I would by no means consider this a whitewater-type river. Um, Fairly placid, as I said, most of the time. Here and there, you have to do some maneuvering. But, you know, we're all experienced canoeists. Well, all but one couple, and that becomes very relevant later on. So we thought we'd take the four-hour journey uh, down to where we were going on the river. So we piled our canoes full of stuff. And our canoes, when I say we were piled full, I mean the water was inches from the top of the canoe. So probably not the best way to canoe in a river when you're so heavy laden with gear. But be that as it may, we decided to make the trek. And we had the first, the first couple hours were great. A few I would call white water episodes. I mean, we're minor. You have to keep in mind, this is, this is a minor white water. I just say that to make it sound even more thrilling than it actually was. But mostly we were canoeing on fairly calm, a fairly calm river. Every once in a while, ooh, I could see ripples, right? That's about it. So you can imagine our surprise when about two hours into our journey, we rounded this corner of the river and I could hear the trouble before I actually saw it. So what I could see was a, a fairly wide river was now cut into three channels because there were two massive deadheads. So debris like roots and trees and wood. Imagine that sort of um, separating the river into one, two, three, four channels because there's two, there were two sections of roots and trees equidistant in the center of this river. And the water that would flow from the river through these channels was really moving quickly. So, you know, most of us, other than the couple that didn't know what they were doing, just picked a channel 
aimed for the center, made sure that our canoes were straight, and made it through no problem. And on the other side of this fast-moving water was a massive sand sandbar. So we pulled our canoes up onto the sandbar to make sure that everybody got through okay. Now let's call um, the couple that weren't very good, let's call them Mike and Mary. And I heard them arguing over the rush of the water. I heard them yelling and screaming and arguing. You go backwards. No, you go forwards. You pedal on the left. No, you pedal. You paddle on the right. And I was like, oh, this isn't good. If they're having an argument on the water and they haven't made it through the channels yet. And lo and behold, they were fighting and arguing and nobody was paddling and their canoe was getting pulled towards one of these deadheads in the center of the river. And wham, I saw it all front row seat. I saw the canoe hit sideways onto this massive debris. And then it rocked back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and then filled up with water. And the canoe shot up, like shot away from Mike and Mary. And they launched into the air onto the top of this mass of sticks and debris and whatnot. And well, Mary did, Mike actually didn't quite get on top. So he's now being pushed um, by the river, hitting his life jacket, crushing him up against, against all this wood. And all four of us watching were just horrified because it looked like we we're gonna watch death. And we watched as Mike pulled himself with just sheer panic, pulled himself up on top of the, onto the top of the wood. So, okay, good. They're safe. They're on top of this wood. Now, all they have to do is basically just jump in the river and right on the other side of the wood is like a half a mile of a sandbar, like ankle deep water, but they couldn't see on the other side of where they were situated and they were they were terrified and they didn't know what to do. And so I got into hero mode, which is always bad. I have learned this so many times. Hero mode, oh man, hero mode can, can do you in. And it almost did me in this day. So I thought to myself, oh, their problem is they don't know what to do. I'm, we're screaming at them to jump in the water and float down to the sandbar. But they can't hear a word. The river is raging. And so I thought, okay, what do we do? What do we do? Um, I'm going to run out parallel to where they are on a bit of a log boom that was in front of the deadhead that we'd passed by. And I thought, I'm going to run out maybe 100 feet past this deadhead. And I was going to call to them like, look at me, look at me. And I was going to jump into the river and float to the sandbar to show them this is what you should do. So I ran out. I have my life jacket on and I took a look to the left. The, the river was flowing to my left. And I thought, I have to clear between here and this massive branches and tree and root system to my left, about 100 feet to my left. I had to clear about 10 feet, 10, 12 feet, and then I'd be into open river. So I thought, well, I'm a strong swimmer. I can do this. So I'm yelling like, Mike and Mary, Mike and Mary, look at me. And then I jumped into the river and I took three strokes and that was it. 
three strokes, and that river was moving so quickly, I did not even anticipate how fast that water was moving. And before I knew it, I was going right into this pile of, of roots and branches. And at first I thought, well, you know, miscalculation, Todd, bad move. Oh, well, I'll just grab a branch, pull myself out. Maybe I'll try it again. So I grabbed a branch and because I was wearing a life jacket, it instantly created this wall of resistance and the river just poured over my head. I've never felt that much force in my life. And I cracked through that branch like it was a twig. And so then I went to grab the second branch that I saw, cracked right through it like it wasn't even there. Now I'm starting to get worried because I'm getting deeper into this mass of roots and branches. And I haven't been able to stop myself as of yet. So I picked the biggest branch I could see. I'd say it was twice as thick as my arm. So maybe, I don't know, maybe six inches across, five inches across. And that it went across my chest. The river came up behind me, grabbed my life jacket and pushed me into this branch so hard I couldn't breathe and, and broke right through the branch. I mean, this was, this was a massive branch. And that's when I thought, that's it. I'm done. There is nothing that's going to stop me from getting pushed under the water up against this mass of branches and trees underwater and just push me in and kill me. And I'll just suffocate down there. Um, and then I grabbed one last branch as I was heading to my potential death. And by some miracle, I was just by the leverage of the water that was pushing against me. I just had enough center of gravity above my belly button that I was able to, to leverage myself up and on top of this branch with this river crushing me from behind. If, if that water level was any higher, like if that branch was higher up on my chest, there is no way in a million years I could have pulled myself on top. But it just happened to be low enough that I was able to rotate my body get up on top of this branch and climb to safety. And of course, I didn't want them to think that I had a near-death experience. So I ran out to the end of the log boom and said, hey, just like that, like, just do what I was trying to do. <laughs> oh, and they, and they eventually out of desperation launched themselves into the river. And, you know, 10 seconds later, we got them on the sandbar. But that was, that was a moment in my life where I did not appreciate the power of the river, power of the water, the force, my own swimming skill, how fast things were moving. Like it was complete, like I said, a hero moment where I thought, I'm going to save the day. Look what I'm going to do. And I almost killed myself doing it. So that was really scary. The second near-death experience I've had in the water came probably months after this. Different river. But one of the guys that was on that canoe trip with me said, hey, I'm going to borrow my dad's canoe. Let's go in this river and just ride the river um, down to our town. So we drove 20 kilometers up river and picked a spot that looked good. And the water was in the center of the river was literally white water. I'd say category three rapids. So there's no way we were going to go up to the center of the river. But we thought if we stayed near the side, like near the edge of shore, we'd be fine. Well, we got into this canoe and 
10 seconds into this journey, we're yelling like, on your left, on your right, on your left. There were rocks everywhere on near the shore of this river. And before you knew it, we caught ourselves on the rock, spun sideways, water started pouring into the canoe, but we managed to slide off the rock. So we slid off the rock, kept going down river, didn't capsize, and we're calling out instructions to each other, like, on your left, on your right. And for about 20 or 30 seconds, we were doing it. We were missing the rocks, narrowly missing the rocks. We'd hit and skid along the side. And then again, we hit a big rock. And this time, we couldn't slide off the rock. And the canoe went sideways and bent like a wet noodle around this rock. And we both tumbled out into, I'd say, waist-deep water moving very quickly, bent our canoe in half, and we managed by some, again, miracle, to rock the canoe up and down, up and down, up and down, until we flipped it, I can't remember if we flipped it over the rock, more likely around the rock, and then kind of pulled it into shore and, you know, assessed the damage. The fiberglass was cracked. It was taking on water, but we were stranded on the side of this river, and we said, well, we've come this far. We may as well, you know, keep going. And this time, if we hit a rock, we're going to call to each other. Like, what do we do? So if we hit a rock and we can slide past it, we'll stay in the canoe. If we hit a rock and it looks like we're going to be stuck there, we'll jump out and swim to safety. Okay, good plan. So back in the water we went, down this crazy river, screaming left, right, left, right. Ah! And sure enough, we hit another rock and... But we started to slide past it. So I thought, okay, good. We're, we're out of danger. All of a sudden, I hear a splash, and I look, and my buddy has jumped out of the canoe. Just said, that's it. He's out. He's not taking the chance. And now I'm in the canoe by myself as it spins backwards and starts heading back down the river towards the white water. And I had to make a decision in like two seconds. Uh, okay, I'm bailing. I'm out of here. So I hopped out of the canoe, hung onto the canoe with one hand, and tried to drag it towards the shore. And I could see from where I was swimming that there was a wide area of the shore uh, where we could drag the canoe. And there was a woman who, I guess she'd been on the shore reading a book, and she was running up and down the shore like in a panic because she saw us like in a very bad situation. And I thought, this is my buddy's dad's canoe. I'm not going to just let go of the canoe and let it go uh, and be lost. I feel like I'm responsible. I'm the last one to jump out. So I had one hand on the canoe, one hand on my paddle, and then and going downriver backwards. So I'm facing upriver. My back is going downriver. And it's about waist-deep water. So I kept thinking, well, I could probably stand if I could just, you know, stop slipping on these slippery rocks. And that's when it happened. My right leg got pinned beneath, beneath or between two large rocks underwater, like wedged in hard. And the force of the river grabbed me and started pulling me over backwards. And I felt my shin bone bend. And I thought my leg was going to snap in half. And I let out this huge roar, like, oh, no, it's going to break. And right at that moment, somehow my leg twisted free. And I was able to keep fighting to get to shore and fighting to get to shore until I finally got to shore, exhausted, 
save the canoe. Thank you very much. Did not get an award for that. We should have. Had the paddle in my hand still. Another bonus. And so my buddy and I ended up pulling this canoe into the bush and finding our way out to the highway and hitchhiking a ride back and getting a car and coming back and getting the canoe. But that easily could have been another death situation. You hear of a lot of people that die in rivers in relatively shallow water. That's because that's what happens. They bang their head on something and go unconscious or they get trapped under something or on something. And I got almost trapped between two rocks in the, in the middle of this river. It was crazy. So needless to say, that was the last time. Those two incidences in my mid-20s, they were the last time I've ever gone canoeing on a river. And I don't think I will again unless this river, well, that's not true. I've gone canoeing on rivers since then, but they've been like, I don't know what you would call them, but not even rivers, they're streams. I've canoed on streams, gently flowing streams. But if I see white water, mm -mm. nope, not in a canoe, never again. And I'll give you my last story. My last story is uh, not life-threatening at all, but man, did it hurt. It was a 2017 uh, triathlon in Vancouver. On your market set go, we all hit the water. I'd lined up well to one side to stay away from all the fast swimmers. Didn't want to get my goggles knocked off. And I noticed as I was running in the water that people around me were diving in, in knee-deep water. And I was wondering, why, why are they diving into the water when it's literally knee-deep? Like, and then as I was thinking that, that's when I stepped on a massive rock and then went flying headfirst into the water, just like it, that's what was happening to everybody around me. They were clearly hitting rocks and then falling into the water. So I fell into the water, started swimming, and about you know five minutes into the swim, I recognized that my right toe, my right big toe, was like on fire. Like it really hurt, and it was not getting better. So I kept swimming, thinking, you know, eventually my toe, whatever I did to it, it's gonna feel better. Like it won't hurt the whole race. But yeah, no, it hurt. It hurt a lot for most of that race. So when I exited the water and I ran and I pulled on my bike shoes, I didn't even look at my foot. And the whole bike portion, my foot was just screaming at me, shooting in pain. And I thought, I did something pretty nasty to my toe. Like, I wonder, am I, do I still have a toe? <laughs> maybe, maybe my toe got cut off. Like, I literally thought my, I could be missing a toe. It hurt that much. But oh, well, we have a race to do. So I finished the bike, went to the transition for the run, pulled my bike shoe off, and the whole front of my sock was just like pouring in blood. And I thought, okay, I may have lost a toe, but I still have a race to do. So I jammed my foot into my running shoe. The whole run, every step I took was just agony, agony. Then I finished the race. I could not wait to take my shoe off. There was so much blood in my shoe. I couldn't believe it. But I still have my toe, which was awesome. But my toenail didn't look too good. So I went and found a paramedic. And I said, I think I, I stepped on a rock and I think I pulled my toenail up. And he took a look at it and said, oh, you're my 29th customer today. So apparently at least 29 other people had run into rocks uh, during that triathlon. And he, he took a piece of cloth and soaked it in alcohol. And he said, now listen, 
this is going to really hurt. And he's, I'm not sugarcoating this. This is going to really hurt. And I said, I'm already in such pain. Just please help me. So he said, well, this is not helping your pain, but it's going to prevent infection. You, you probably lose your toenail. But anyway, hang on. He jammed this alcohol cloth under my toenail. <sighs> I cannot tell you how much pain that was. But at the end of the day, I did not lose my toenail. Crazy. But it was black for six months. And I learned a very valuable lesson, which is figure out where the rocks are in the swim before you just blindly rush into the ocean. I should have figured that out first thing, but I didn't. And that was my consequence. Anyhow, I would love to hear any stories that you people have to share with me. You can email them to me at thelonelytriathlete at gmail.com and I'll share whatever you share with me, as long as you're okay with it, on a future podcast. Well, that's it for me. Thanks for listening. Until next time.